Thank you for tuning in to the North Carolina New Teacher Support Program podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lindsay Lewis, one of 42 coaches we currently have serving the beginning teachers throughout the state of North Carolina. Our podcast may have different hosts from episode to episode, but the purpose is always the same. We'll provide research and strategies all in the name of teacher support and student achievement. We'll introduce the topic, we'll cite research about that topic, we'll talk about what it looks like when that research is applied, and we'll share some personal experiences and thoughts from when we were classroom teachers ourselves. We're going to jump right into the first episode. We'll be focusing on classroom management. I think the first thing that needs to be done here is defining classroom management. This is a term that's used to refer to the ways that teachers and students collaborate to make sure that teachers are able to teach and students are able to learn. I want you to notice there that I use the word collaboration. A lot of times classroom management can be presented as something that teachers do and students simply comply with. But best classroom management practices require buy-in from everyone in the classroom. Todd Finley has a great article entitled The Science Behind Classroom Norming, and I suggest that you give that a Google. So when thinking about classroom management, we're going to break it down for the purposes of this podcast episode to five sections. The first section is going to be the way that the teacher establishes relationships with the students in order to create this culture of learning and respect. The second part is going to be about strategies that the teacher can use to make sure students understand the expectations of the classroom. Third focus will be on the lesson planning itself. The fourth will be carrying out that lesson plan with fidelity using high leverage research-based practices. And then the final aspect of classroom management that we'll discuss in this episode is how you hold students accountable for their learning. All five of these areas contribute to a strong classroom management practice. And I'm going to take those five areas mentioned above, I'm going to discuss them, and then I'll provide a specific strategy or two for each of those. The first one, establishing relationships. I would be remiss here if I didn't tell you about Rita Pearson's TED Talk called Every Kid Needs a Champion. You have likely heard it due to its popularity, but I don't want someone to miss out on it. So again, give that a Google. I'd also like to highlight a research article here published in 2014 by Miller Lewis et al. It was entitled, Student-Teacher Relationship Trajectories and Mental Health Problems in Young Children. They discovered, unsurprisingly, that when teachers build a healthy and positive relationship with students, not only are learning outcomes positively impacted, but students handle stress better. It truly is teaching the whole child if you start by establishing a relationship where students know you respect and sincerely care for them. Now, I told my kids directly, daily, that I loved them. I know that not everyone is comfortable doing that, but what's important here is that students sincerely know by your actions and by the way that you speak to them that you truly care about them and that you prioritize their well-being. This may be something that comes naturally to you, and that's great. If it's something that you struggle with, I have a simple method called a 10 by 2 method that I recommend where you take two minutes a day and for 10 days in a row, you have a conversation with students that maybe you struggle to connect with or they struggle to behave in your classroom or they struggle to be engaged in your content. You have a two minute conversation, 10 days in a row about something that interests the student. You can do this in the hall, you can do this in the cafeteria, before school, 
after school. You could even have a brain break in the middle of your class that you could check in with all students. In lieu of talking about your subject matter, discuss a topic that interests your students. So that second category that we're going to discuss today are the strategies that are used to make sure students understand the expectations of a classroom. Here, many people will often reference Harry and Rosemary Wong. They wrote a book where they talked about the importance of taking the first 10 days of school, reviewing and reviewing and practicing procedures in your classroom. These could be procedures such as how to line up at the door, how to enter the classroom, how to find your seat, turn in work, respond to prompts, and ultimately how you exit the classroom. I will say here that you will find educators that push back on some of Wong's methods. Rightfully so, they state that some of the actions he suggests you take with students can be drawn as a comparison to how prisoners are expected to behave. And I think what's important here is that we're always striving to find balance. You can't be so rigid with expectations to the point that you get students not to comply because they feel it's unreasonable. You also don't want to have expectations so rigid that it doesn't feel like a loving and nurturing environment. But on the other hand, you can't have students moving around, doing whatever they want, whenever they want, that will waste time and take it away from instructional practices. My professional opinion is that you should give Wong's book a read. There are certainly strategies in there that you will find will work for you and your kids. You'll be able to use those strategies throughout the duration of the school year. I suggest that anything you do, you discuss with your students and even give them some input. If you read the book and you find that you're on the fence about a certain procedure, I suggest that you use it, test it out. This is because I believe more order pays off in the long run, but you can be transparent with your students and letting them know that this is something you're interested in trying and you want the feedback from them. A specific example is students should know what to expect daily when they enter your classroom. So they should not come in, sit at their desk, and then think, what are we going to do today in this class? You should always have an agenda up, always in the same spot so they know where to look. And in addition to having agenda items, have expectations for some of those items on the agenda. Expectations could include what noise level to use, or what technology will be allowed at that time. So the third aspect for classroom management is the lesson planning itself. Now, I'm not going to advocate for a particular type or style or layout. Chances are you have a school one that's advocated for, and you can just go with that one. But here's what I need you to know before you start a unit you need to think about and plan for how will you find out what students know, how will you tap into their prior knowledge by engaging them in a discussion. This is a great chance here to look for any misconceptions. And then what will you do with students each lesson so that they have the opportunity to engage with the material through reading, through writing, and through speaking. If you plan a lesson where students are engaging with the material by reading and writing and speaking, you will increase the likelihood not only that they will be engaged, but that they will remember the material. 
So here's the fourth aspect. Now that you've created this awesome lesson plan, you've got to carry it out with fidelity and you've got to use high leverage research-based practices. And I have two such practices that I'll suggest on this episode. The first practice is something called dual coding. So don't just give information to students in one format at a time. Give it to them in two. So I may speak while using visuals. Students often are more engaged if there's pictures being provided to them while you're talking to them. Or perhaps I use words along with movement. Try dual coding next to see if that can increase engagement and improve classroom management. A second strategy here would be to use true real-world examples. And I don't mean the hypothetical ones where there's a train leaving Boston and one leaving D.C., but a true example that's practical to their daily life. So this is going to be different from classroom to classroom, and you may even engage with your students to get them to tell you about some of the things that would be true in their world. Maybe you can get them to actually touch something, to manipulate material, create something. If they're going to be writing for you or they're going to be creating videos, perhaps you could provide them with an authentic audience. So we're going to wrap up classroom management by talking about that fifth aspect, which is how you get students to prove to you that they have understood the lesson or the unit provided. I'm assuming here that you are familiar with the terms formative and summative assessments. So I want to stress that formative assessments should be taking place in almost every class every day. I say almost because I understand there are exceptions, but if it is a normal or relatively normal day, you should be formatively assessing students. You could even be doing this multiple times a day or in a course. It obviously does not have to be for a grade, but students need to be in constant communication with you about what they know and how confident they are in what they know. They could even check in with each other and the teacher could just eavesdrop. What is important here is that you adjust to where they are within reason. If they have a high degree of understanding about a topic, go ahead and move on. Even if you have designed this great, engaging, fun activity, I would save it for the end of the semester if there's time, maybe during review, because you need to focus on pressing forward to working what students have shown you they are ready to learn, but they haven't mastered yet. Thank you for taking the time to process all of this information. Please know that the North Carolina New Teacher Support Program sincerely wants to hear from you. You can leave a message on this podcast platform, and you can follow us on Twitter at NCNTSP19. As always, I want to close by telling teachers, thank you for all that you do.